Hey, I'm Alfred. And I'm Chris. It is Thursday, and this is Why Wait Till Sunday. We are back with the full team for probably what is a top five midweek college football daily fantasy show. All right. Well, we are back. Full force, we got Chris Moxley back in the house from Puerto Rico is where you were. Yeah, I was uh I was MIA for a week. It was great. I I got nice, refreshing, just step away from everything, hang out in the rainforest, eat some good food, but well, back to were, reality and uh completely stepped away. Um I mean there were some texts about bets being made. I almost offered to put in a DraftKings lineup for you. <laughs> listen, my wife doesn't listen to this, so we're all good. But uh, yes, I I was I was especially interested in some of the values on uh, some of the lines this week, and you know, I, I think I text I think I texted you at like six thirty in the morning, and I was like, I can't make a make a lineup, but this is what I'm thinking. And you offered, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what? Let me stay away from all this for a week. Yeah. I'll get back in it next week, and I'm ready to dive in. This is a this is an interesting slate. I think we have some nice values, so it's great great slate to get back to. All right, yeah, you got to love that, and I love that we were still chatting about. It. I mean, I know you were gone. I was trying to give you your space, but you know the heart what the heart wants what it wants, and I know that you uh, you definitely wanted to. Um, to participate in as much as possible um oh no i think i've done this again here i don't have the slate do i no didn't convert it into an mp4 so we're gonna go without the graphic this week that's a real bummer um all right let's just take it uh texas a&m versus missouri uh is the first one i've got on the slate here and, you know, the tale, the tale continues with Missouri, right? They are horrible on defense. We're going to target offenses against them, even offenses as fairly uninteresting as Texas A&M. But you will be hearing about more from Texas A&M. You know, Missouri, as Chris has pointed out, he was kind of first on this train weeks ago. They are truly Ole Miss from last year. I mean, on the ground, at least. I mean, they, they, uh, 130th in the nation. So I think there's what, 132 teams, maybe? Um, Only 130. They're dead last. <laughs> They're dead, so they last. Are dead last in opponent rush yards allowed. They are 128th in rush yards per attempt. They are 129th in EPA per rush. They are 129th in explosive rush rate allowed at a whopping 33% of runs against them go for more than 10 yards. That's basically a first down. If you just ran the ball three times, one of them will be a 10-yard run. You will get a first down. It is insanity. Um so we'll be talking about Texas A&M, hint, hint. Uh, and then as far as the point totals here, um, nothing too crazy. I mean, Texas A&M, 34-point total. That is third on the slate. It makes sense going against this Missouri defense, but uh, probably not too interested in Missouri. Next on the list is Florida at LSU. 
Tell us a little bit about that lineup. Yeah, four is an interesting team this year. They they gave Alabama a run for their money. They really won a lot of battles in the trenches. They're 10 and a half point favorites. I think it's up to 11 right now, depending on what book you look at. Um, the total's 58 and a half. I think LSU's in trouble right now. Coach O is probably, he's probably coaching for his job. I, I, I think he's real close to getting fired and, and, you know, LSU is in shambles. I mean, they got whooped by Kentucky last week. I mean, we, we are, we are in panic mode on LSU and Florida being sub 14 point favorites is pretty interesting. I think that they're a much better team. I, I think LSU's defense leaves a lot to be desired. I think their offense without Keishon Boutte is going to be in trouble. Florida has been fairly, you know, they've been solid, especially in the run game this year. I think this is a game that we can target some Florida players and, and make out fairly well, I think. Yeah, the LSU defense is real bad. That's ugly. By the way, I found the MP4. We are live. If you're watching on YouTube, now you have this sweet little graphic. We got Josh Downs on there as the player of the week, basically. Um, so, uh, I mean, he's just been sensational. So, um, And we got UNC on the slate, which we will talk about. But uh, if you're listening to this podcast, I do go through – uh, a little bit of effort to get some nice graphics on the board for you. So it's an entertaining YouTube show as well. So if you're just listening on the podcast, give it a look, see on YouTube, uh, you can see Chris's luxurious beard. And, um, but we appreciate wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's YouTube or, or a podcast or what have you. Um, so next on the list is Arkansas at Auburn. The West matchup of two teams that are potentially headed in different directions. Uh, Arkansas seems to be a little bit on the upswing. Auburn is trying to adjust to the Brian Harson era. And the total here is 52. That's not too interesting. Arkansas with the team total of 28. That's top 10 on the slate. But Auburn team total of 24. Not too exciting there. Um you know, both these defenses are pretty defen decent, as you expect in the SEC West. The only thing to highlight here is the Arkansas rush defense has actually been kind of gashed. So there may be some sneaky value there on the ground. They are over 100th in rush yards allowed per game and 95th in rush yards per attempt. Um, 69th, nice uh, explosive rush rate allowed, which is 17.4%. Um, so uh, not too good there. And then the Auburn pass defense is kind of their weak link. They're, you know, 72nd in the nation in pass yards allowed per attempt. Um, I guess that makes KJ Jefferson maybe interesting, but uh, their run defense is pretty good. I just think this game's probably sloppy and not very fantasy friendly, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Texas at Oklahoma State, what do you got? Yeah, so this is an interesting matchup, right? Because Oklahoma State's defense has been super solid this year, and they've they've really been impressive. I think they've outperformed a lot of expectations. They come to this game as five point dogs, but you know Texas hasn't hasn't been great either this year. I, I think that they leave some to be desired. They, they're allowing a twenty seven point nine percent explosive explosive rush rate, which is bottom fifteen in the country. There's a, there's just a lot of questions I think about this Longhorns team. And we know that they're great on offense. We've seen Bijan Robinson. He, I, I, I think he is making a case to be a Heisman contender. But at 60 and a half, despite Oklahoma State's very strong defense, I think this is a game that we're going to target in a couple different ways. 
And I think the offenses are probably going to win out here despite some okay defensive play from Texas and some solid defensive play from Oklahoma State. So a great Big 12 matchup. Third in terms of uh, like total on total on the slate. So this is a game where we have to at least dive in and, and determine some of the uh, the values here. I think you're being generous saying the Texas defense has been okay. I mean, <laughs> they're outside the top 100 in, in most rush metrics, uh, and they are approaching the 100th ranking in most of their pass metrics. So they're not good. Uh, this is not a good defense in Texas. And, um, you know, they just allowed Oklahoma to come back in the second half down like 21 points or some ridiculous thing. And uh, they're they're not very good. Um, Let's try to be kind here. Yeah, no, sure. I'm in a good I'm in a good mood tonight. So Longhorns appreciate it. (laughs) So Cincinnati at you or I think it's actually UCF at Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's home. Um, And. That's going to be a tough game. I mean, Cincinnati's defense ranks top 10 in many metrics. Uh, the team total or the game total here is 57. Uh, the team totals here are what are interesting. So UCF only projected for 18 points. That is uh, almost near the very bottom of the slate. But Cincinnati comes in as the number one point producer of the slate with 38 points projected. Um, and one thing you got to love is that UCF allows 71 plays to be run on them per game. That's 101st in the nation. Not great. Uh, if Cincinnati is going to be running that many plays, maybe, you know, we want to be invest in that offense, but again, it's an offense. that's hard to really identify where you want to go with, with it. Um, and as for UCF, I just generally, am not going to target anyone against Cincinnati, although their offense is very good. They actually have the number one EPA per rush in the country, which is shocking to me. Number one, very strong rushing game with uh, Bowers, some transfer from like Northwestern or something, but he's injured, I think. So they're going with a backup running back now. Their quarterback is done. Uh, They're starting a true freshman quarterback. I just, I can't, I can't probably touch the UCF offense. Classic Big Ten showdown, Michigan State at Indiana. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is a – so this game opened at two and a half, and I, I was shocked by that because I felt Michigan State was so much better. Now we're up to five, so the market corrected itself a little bit. Totals 51 and a half. I think Mich- Michigan State is a – Michigan State's good offense. I mean, I want to say something bad about them, but I, I Peyton Thorne, Kenneth Walker – both Jalen Naylor, both Jalen Jaden Reed, they've been solid. I, I I'm not sure I can say anything bad about this Spartans offense, despite me thinking that Mel Tucker has a has a like lackluster offense just on principle. Um, Indiana State or Indiana has just not been what we expected. I think coming in, it sounds it sounds like Michael Penix is not going to play. Um, oh, you know Michigan State ha- lets teams hang around. I'm not sure that's going to happen this week with Indiana. I, 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 there's just a lot that they honestly, that they need to do to, to get into this game. And their offense has just been so poor. I mean, they're 115th in passing yards per attempt and they're 118th in EPA per rush. I mean, this is just not a good team, good team right now. And it, it, it sucks. Cause I, I think that they were on the upswing and, and they're just, 
kind of flatlined a little bit, but you know, eighth highest total on the slate. We're kind of right in the middle a little bit. So I'm not sure there's a ton of value to be gained, but there are one or two players that I think we're going to want to talk about here. Yeah. Momentum is such a fragile thing. I mean, I agree. Indiana seemed like they were on that upswing and, you know, Penix has not come back to what he was supposed to be and now injured. I mean, they, they've just been a mess. Honestly, they have been a total mess after sowing some promise last year. Uh, Nebraska going to Minnesota. Now, this is another Big Ten game, but this should be a little more exciting. I mean, on one hand, you've got uh, hashtag Heisman Martinez uh, coined by our good friend Will Rivera, I believe. Or I don't know if you coined it. One of you guys coined it. It's um, all Will. He, he yeah. deserves credit for that one. Heisman Martinez. So we love targeting uh, Adrian Martinez in fantasy football. Um, and he gets the Minnesota defense, which is not very good, especially in the air. So if you're telling me uh, a defense is lackluster against the air, maybe a little softer in the air, we know he's going to give us stuff on the ground. That's interesting this week. Uh, Minnesota, terrible on offense. Nebraska, actually pretty good on defense. I'm not sure we're interested in anything there. In terms of point total, neither team uh, you know, really – jumps out at me minnesota 22 points nebraska 25 but you know everything runs through martinez so i think he's still potentially in play despite a very meh point total from both teams here game of the week in real life maybe not probably for fantasy kentucky at georgia chris yeah i'm, I'm not gonna spend a while talking about this because i just don't think there's any value to be had here for dfs purposes both these defenses are fantastic. Kentucky is lying a 5.9 explosive pass rate, which is first in the country. Georgia is wow. basically a top five defense in almost every category you can imagine. Uh, I think Georgia's de- defensive line is uh, defensive line is fantastic, but I think Georgia's defense is one of the best defenses that we've seen in the country in five, maybe ten years. This is a just an unbelievable defensive unit, and, and Kentucky's good as well. I, the total is 43 and a half, which is 10th on the slate. But man, there's just not a lot, a lot of value to be had in this game, to be honest. I don't see how you touch it. To Yeah. I mean, Frank, uh, I think I was listening to Split Zone Duro. Excellent podcast if you don't already listen to it. Um, but they were talking about how like Georgia's ranking in, in some metrics uh, as like the top defense you know since 2004 or something like there was they named three defenses like this one like 2006 virginia tech or something which was incredible and then like 2011 alabama these are like basically all time in the modern era and george is right there with them so far this year so um pretty remarkable north carolina and miami um it is uh it's at north carolina and so I think there's some fantasy goodness here. Neither defense is very good. North Carolina continues to be all offense, no defense type situation. Pretty much the perfect recipe for fantasy. Uh, And Miami has just been a little bit better, but not very good. And they haven't seen an offense like North Carolina's yet this year, I don't think, outside of Alabama, who just torched them completely. So I don't see – I mean, the total in this game, 62, feels low, honestly, except for Miami's – Miami's offense is not very good. Uh, but it's like the movable object and the ir- and the resistible force, right? I mean, it's uh, or whatever it is. It's the two bad versions of that of that analogy. 
Um, Miami still uh, with their not so good offense projected for 27 North Carolina for 35 second on the slate. So that tells you what you need to know. We will be talking about some Tar Heels and maybe some Canes as well. Um, Interesting out of conference matchup. Baylor heads towards the mountains of Provo to take on Brigham Young. What do you think about this one? Yeah. So this is another injury. Like, Fairly interesting game. Baylor has exceeded a lot of expectations. BYU has been good. They've had a couple of bad losses, but they had a couple of wins as well. One versus Arizona State. So their their loss against Boise State, I think, is resetting some expectations. I, you know, there's a lot that we don't know about these teams, I think. So this is an interesting matchup from a real life perspective. Baylor brings a really good rushing offense. Gary Bohannon has done an excellent job. Tristan Ed, Ebner has been awesome. Um, both defenses have been okay. At, you know, BYU's has been meh, but Baylor's has been very solid. So I'm really interested to see how this game plays out. But it is our lowest total on the slate at 41 and a half. So it's not like hmm. there's a ton of goodness to be had here. But I do think there are one, maybe two plays that you can plug in and, and target a low total, and maybe you get some roster shift there. So I think we'll talk about this game a little bit but again not not a game to target on on the slate to be honest you know it's real interesting to me that baylor is only projected for 16 and normally we just talk about the numbers i don't necessarily give my opinion on those numbers but that feels very low byu's defense is nothing special and and boise state just ran all up and down on them they're allowing 70 plays run on them per game. Their pass yards per game, 238, 85th in the country. Opponents' pass yards per attempt is over seven, 61st in the country. Their run defense is fine, but we're not talking even about a top 40 defense in the country. It's not like they've played the SEC schedule or something like that. I mean, I just, I don't get it. I know Baylor isn't the old, you know, air raid that they used to be they do play a little bit more conservatively, but 16 points seems a little crazy. I don't know if there's some home away splits I'm not aware of right now. I'll have to look into this a little bit more. Uh, and Baylor only, I guess, has one loss. They lost to Oklahoma State. That's it. Yeah. Tough, tough um, matchup. Yeah, and they've they've played uh, – and it was at Oklahoma State. Uh, they've played some um, good football. Okay. Pitt and Virginia Tech. Um. This 57 point total uh, and Pitt, interestingly enough, seventh total point total on the slate. That is a little surprising. I think that if you ask me off the top of my head, Pitt is ever going to be seventh highest implied total on the slate. I'd be pretty surprised. So that's uh, interesting at 31 over 30 points and Vatek at 26. You know, the Vatek defense is extra, um, you know, extra uh, soft on the run. And Pitt, though, for fantasy, doesn't really have a singular running back. They split carries so much. Um, but I don't know. Well, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Pitt. Um, Pitt defense, pretty good as usual. Vatek offense, pretty crappy as usual. So I don't think I'm that interested in Vatek. Uh, Iowa and Purdue, what do you say? I sa- So I write an article that – basically corresponds to this podcast weekly. A lot of the stuff that I talk about in the article, we talk about here and vice versa. And so 
it's really a precursor to from from my perspective because y'all don't get it till a day later um but i i wrote up this this whole slate and i was trying to find a player on either of these teams that i liked and the answer was none i don't want to touch this game at really at all the total is 43 and a half which is 10th on the slate does it hit it maybe but i don't know we might see some defensive scores I'm not, I, this game just doesn't have value from a, a DFS perspective, unless you want to get real funky and, and do some one-off lineups that maybe contain, what, I don't I mean, know. Who are you going to do? Sam Laporta at 4K, maybe. I mean, maybe maybe you get real funky and, and do Milton Wright at 4.5, but I, I don't think you can play a guy like David Bell, but no, I... this this game is... Gross. I mean, Iowa's a pretty much straight avoid. I mean, on a full slate, I don't see how you play any game involving Iowa or Georgia for that matter. I've been saying for the last few weeks, Georgia's just Iowa with five stars. Um, And it seems like that is the case. And like, I mean, this is an interesting question for DraftKings. Like, why are you putting, I know it's a marquee game and maybe they decide, you know, they got to put the primetime CBS game on or just because that's what people are going to be watching. But like, you know, you Georgia Kentucky is just like a, a total write-off. Like you don't want to play that game. You don't want to play Iowa Purdue. Why not put some funky F uh, G five matchups in there? So I, I, I will say, and uh, I am obviously not a schedule maker or someone who works for DraftKings, but that total in the Georgia game and in the Iowa game is a lot closer to the median total than a game like, Tennessee and Ole Miss, who has an 81 and a half, 82 yeah. and a half total. So do you do you just say that you know we're get, we're just going to play it low this week and you figure out what's going to happen? I don't I don't know. I I agree with you. I, I would like some more exciting games, but I think we have four or five in the forties this week. So we gotta we gotta mine for some value. Yeah, and that's what we shall do. So first on the list, as we always do, we're going to go over the quarterbacks. Um, and uh, you know, take it from the top. Actually, who is the most expensive quarterback this this week? It's my guy, Sam Howell. Oh well, that makes sense against Miami. Yeah. So what are yeah, you doing I, with Sam Howell? I mean, do you do you like that? Do you are you paying up for Howell? How are you going to play quarterback this week? So this is an interesting week in general because I don't think there's a lot of good value on on this slate. To be honest, I think I think that like. So I, again, like I write an article that co- accompanies this, and usually it's between like two thousand and maybe like twenty five hundred words. And Alfred has to edit it, and it sucks for him, but I make him <laughs> do it. No, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to read. <laughs> it's a slimmed down version of the of how we started the season, which was like ten thousand words. But I had a lot of trouble coming up with good plays this week, and so Sam Howell fits the bill for me. I, I, I think that he is someone who I want to target. Because he's been really effective in both phases of the game. He's had three 100-yard games as a rusher in six contests. He has four games of 300 yards in six contests. Sam Howell's been awesome. Like I, I have no reason to fade him. I don't think the Miami defense is a threat to him. I, I think you just play him and just say, hey, we have a rushing floor and a really solid passing floor. The lowest points he scored is 12 points week one. But after that, I don't think he scored less than like 28 
So you're getting, you're just getting a solid player in Sam Howell. And 9,200 is a lot, but maybe you maybe you get him at low roster ship and, and, and that's a slam dunk. I, I really like Sam Howell this week. I, I will not be fading him. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say you have to pay up. I mean, 9,200 is actually would have been the fourth most expensive quarterback last week, if I remember correctly. So we've been seeing slates with $10,000 quarterbacks uh, and four or five guys over 9K. So he's the most expensive at 9.2. That's not that bad. It's most expensive on the slate, but I mean, that's not that's not crazy. Um, Kenny Pickett, I cannot stomach that, although he has been fantastic. Uh over 30 points per game, 36, 45, 44. Uh, however, the 44 was against Western Michigan, a Mac team. The 45 was against New Hampshire, I think. And then the 36 was at Georgia Tech, who is a terrible defense. Um, 27 points at Tennessee. So the defenses they've been playing are really bad. They go into Vatek, who doesn't have a great defense. I'm not trying to say that, but Vot- at Vatek's tough place to play. As you mentioned, Sam Howell's one really bad game was at Vatek. So, you know, I I don't love that. He doesn't have much of a rushing floor. Um, Hard to pay up for a guy who's not, you know, an elite passer and doesn't have a rushing floor. Emery Jones, you're right. This You just go down the list. You don't want to pay for any of these guys. I mean, Emery Jones maybe splits time with Anthony Richardson. Like you don't know what's going to happen in that game. I mean, you're not going to get 60 minutes from Emory Jones. Um, why are you going to pay third most expensive quarterback on the slate when you're not going to get 60 minutes? Max Johnson. I don't want Max Johnson uh, against a decent UF defense. Then you get to Desmond Ritter, which I think is kind of a crime. He's the fifth priciest quarterback on the slate going against UCF most point total on the slate. And he's, you know, he's the lifeblood of that offense. They do give the ball to Jerome Ford. You, you are going to lose a touchdown or two to Jerome Ford probably. Um, But this could be interesting for Ritter because, you know, he hasn't eclipsed 30 points since week one. And so people, you know, just looking at this are like, eh, you know, he's, I don't know if he's going to give me 30 points. I don't know if I want to spend 8,100, but I think this is a week where he definitely could go over 30. Are you in on Ritter this week? Do you like him better than Howell saving a, a grand here? No, I don't like, I, I don't like him better than Howell, even at the discount. I, I, I think you kind of hit on it, right? Like Ritter has been, I think he's been fine for real life. Obviously Cincinnati is impressing and I think they're still undefeated. They're just a solid team all around, but this is not a great matchup. I mean, this is one of the more difficult matchups, right? UCF ranks uh, 22nd in explosive pass rate at 12.1%. They rank uh, 43rd in explosive rush rate at 14.2%. This is probably their second toughest matchup outside of Notre Dame. And against Notre Dame, they didn't score that many points. They only scored 24. So I know that their team total is really high. It's first on the slate, 38. It's almost 39 points. But I just have a hard time getting to Ritter this week. I mean, I'd rather pay up for Sam Howell. And I think that the bargain options on this slate specifically are better. He just... Ritter just sits in a weird zone where I just don't want to pay for him because I just don't think the upside is there. I think I'd rather, if I, I'm playing anybody at Cincinnati, it's definitely Jerome Ford. Hmm. 
much okay. rather over over Ritter. I, I think Ritter is a guy that I, I probably won't have much of this week. Okay. Fair enough. think those are some good points. How about this? And this is the guy, and, you know, every week before we do the show, uh, I like to just make one, you know, kind of skeleton lineup, get a sense for, you know, what guys fit in where and things like that. I could not pass up Adrian Martinez at 7,900. We love Heisman Martinez. The matchup is nice. Um, you know, he is always a threat to go over 30 points, DraftKings points, and you got the rushing floor and you're not paying a premium, 7,900. I love Adrian Martinez this week, and I haven't even played him that much this year, but this feels like a screaming pick-me situation. Yep, C- cannot argue with that one. He has a good matchup against this, this week against Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota is very scary. He he has basically 25-point floor with a 35 to potentially 40-point ceiling. I mean, he's under 8K. There's not a lot to be said about Adrian Martinez outside of he's in play. I I, I like him as well. I, I think I'll play a, a good chunk of him. Yeah, I like that a uh, whole lot. Casey Thompson coming off a not even a career game because he dominated against Texas uh, Texas Tech a few weeks prior. Coming off a great game against Oklahoma. He has had now five touchdown passes, count them, five in two different games over the last three weeks. That's impressive. Um he will chip in on the ground, but he gets this Oklahoma State defense is very good. Are you going back into the barrel? I know we both played some Casey Thompson last week. Are you going back to the well there, or, or is it matchup dependent? I probably will not. I don't think I'll play much of this Texas offense in general. This Oklahoma State, they're they're pretty good. I, I, I mean, their rush defense is fantastic. But their pass defense isn't bad either. They're in 28th in defensive EPA per pass, and their explosiveness rate is only 16.3%, which is top half in the country. It's, I mean, it's not ex- exceptional, but it's good enough to make me a little bit hesitant of Thompson. And it's not like Thompson's super cheap either. He's 7,800. So if he was a little bit cheaper, I'd be more interested. But I don't love the Texas values this week. I feel like they're getting a huge bump off the last couple of games, which is deserved. They they've yeah. shown up fairly well, but this is probably not the matchup to play Texas this week. Okay. Lightning round Spencer Sanders at Texas. We know that's a bad defense. What do you think at 7,100? I kind of like it. Tyler Van Dyke. Are you going to mess around with him? At UNC, we know that is a, is a potentially explosive game. Uh, so give me your thoughts on those two guys, and then we got our, our bargain bin quarterback of the week. Oh, you know I'm about Tyler Van Dyke this week. He is one of my favorite values on the entire slate, to be honest. I, I, I think he is in position to smash his price point. Love Tyler Van Dyke this week. I, I, I think I will be playing a lot of him. He's at 6900 under 7K, I think, is an excellent price point, to be honest. I, I'm really excited about Van Dyke this week. I think he'll be – I'm actually targeting this game a lot. I, I think this is a game that has the potential to go over its implied total, despite being the highest total on the slate. Howell plus Josh Downs, who we'll talk about later, and Van Dyke in a wide receiver. I mean, I, I love this game. I'm all about Van Dyke. I'm not crazy about Spencer Sanders. I just don't think Spencer Sanders is very good. Um 
The Texas defense also, I mean, it's not impressive. I think there's a better way to play this game than playing Spencer Sanders. I think just think there are better values than Spencer Sanders. I mean, he's just, he's not a guy. He's just not a guy I really like, to be honest. Like, eh. Yeah, he's not. He doesn't overwhelm you. I just thought maybe the matchup was worth talking about. Uh, I'm interested that you're so interested in Tyler Van Dyke because uh, I know UNC's defense is not very good, but I just wasn't under the impression that he was very good. Um, and doesn't necessarily offer a ton on the ground. Usually the cheap quarterbacks I like to target are the ones that are going to give you that rushing floor. Well, uh, well, which... with, with, so with Van Dyke, UNC currently ranks 79th in defensive success rate against the pass and 102nd in EPA per pass attempt on defense. I mean, under 7K, it's They're not good. hard yeah. to find, find a he's much competent. better value. I mean, Van Dyke is competent. Like he's not, we've, we've, yeah. we've endorsed and I've endorsed praying Brandon Lewis in a good matchup who is <laughs> not a competent quarterback. Uh, but Tyler Van Dyke's been competent. I mean, he, he, I mean, again, granted it was against like an FCS opponent, but he completed 10 of 11 passes for 270 yards against uh, central Connecticut, which is not good, but that's still 10 of 11 for 270 yards. And then against Virginia, he played the whole game completed un- eh, 52% of his passes, but still 203 yards, um, one touchdown, has not thrown a pick yet. It's not, you know, he, I think he's competent in a good matchup. Uh, and I've, I've definitely endorsed playing worse quarterbacks. Granted, those guys have usually been sub 6K, but yes. I digress. Um, my, I, I'll say my bargain bin choice of the week was Gary Bohannon um, from Baylor, but going up against BYU, we've already mentioned this game is like the lowest total on the slate, which I, you know, when I chose Bohannon, I wasn't actually aware that it was the lowest total on the slate. I just don't think the BYU defense is very good. He's 6,300. He's going to give you some, uh, some stuff on the ground. Am I off base, Chris, or do you support this recommendation? I am a firm supporter. BYU ranks 83rd in defensive success rate against the pass. Bohannon, like you said, is effective on the ground. 6,300 is very hard to pass up. I The only caveat I have with Bohannon is that I think he will be popular because he's been effective, and it's a pretty good matchup for them. So I, I am not I – re- I, I really do like him. I, I totally endorse him as a cheap play but just know that it's not super super different yeah but i really like him regardless so i, I mean I, i'm kind of between a rock and a hard place with him but i i still really like him it's going to be probably a little difficult uh you know he he's not really a fade uh or he you're sorry he's going to be kind of chalky because he's coming off like a 36 39 point game last week um, so, you know, anyone who maybe didn't hear about him before last week, they're on his mind. They're on their minds now. Cause he actually had a really nice week. Um, so I don't know, but you know, at 6,300, you're not paying for the bump. In fact, Bohannon was more expensive last week. Uh, the guy has been 6,000, 6,500, 6,100 and he's 6,300 this week. So he's not even getting a bump. Uh, the matchup's good. I, I, I like it, but you're right. It's probably not going to be too different. But you might have to save money for running backs, which is next. Um, uh, Bijan Robinson is under 9K against Oklahoma State, though, which is kind of womp womp. Although Bijan is matchup proof, uh, he he was 
just fine against a great, uh, I would say great Oklahoma run defense at this point. I mean, they held Bijan in check. I mean, he's still going to get a hundred yards like he did, but um, you know, I'm not scared of Oklahoma state at 8,900. That's gotta be in play. But I think there's, I mean, there's some other guys I like a lot too. So where, where are you with Bijan this week? That's a big question. Oh, I hate fading. B. We've been on Bijan, I think, for like three straight weeks because he's been underpriced. Like just continually right. underpriced. I'm old enough underpriced, to remember when he was inexplicably 7,200 and we were yeah. all over it. I, I, I mean, the week he struggled was against Arkansas, whatever, right? I mean, he's the best running back in the country. I don't care. I do care that week though that Oklahoma State has been really good against the run like really really good against the run 12.3 explosive rush rate ranks 12 in the country opponent rush yards per rush or opponent yards rush yards per attempt 12th in the country they were only lying in 91 rush yards per game I don't love the matchup for him and he's pretty I mean he's up there now like we're not getting the the Bijan Robinson discount anymore mm-hmm. so he's not a priority for me this week as much as it pains me to say because i love Bijan, but just not a guy that i i really want to target this week I, I i i just don't love the texas offense they're a little bit too pricey yeah I, I think i'm with you i mean uh you know i'm gonna run out a decent amount of lineups in tournaments i think it's worth you know he's always a threat for 40 points so i you know i think it's worth but he's not a priority he's not a guy i'm like i've got to have 75 percent Bijan or, or whatever um, Tyler Batty's been quite a revelation for uh, Missouri this year, catching tons of passes. He is he is the offense uh, pretty much, which you love for fantasy. Um, the Texas A&M defense is okay. Uh, they're really middle of the road. Uh, if anything, they're a little better against the pass uh, than the run. But yeah, they're they're kind of whatever. Um, I'm not sure. I'm targeting batty but i'm not not targeting him either. i mean he's 8k he's definitely a 24 uh, to 30 point guy um i don't know i'm just not that excited in this matchup what do you think so i i don't think any of the uh high value or high i, I guess high price running backs are going to be popular this week and so I think Batty is a way to get different on the slate. And I, I mean, I still like him, right? 25 weighted opportunities per game, which is a weighting of targets plus carries. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be up there in the country on, on opportunities yep. per game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He, he has five targets per game. And so Texas A&M ranks 65th in explosive rust rate. So I, I, I'm still playing Batty just because he's involved in every sort of game script. Yeah. And I think he's still a way to get different. I don't think people are going to be rushing out to play him this week because there's some good lower-priced options. So I, I like Batty. I think that's a good thought, um, the whole idea about paying up to be different for, with Batty. I kind of agree. I mean, isn't, the name isn't isn't like hot enough that people are going to be on it. They're going to see him near the top of the list and probably just be like, ah, no. Um, don't really like in, you know the BYU-Baylor game other than Bohannon just because of his price. I'm not really interested in anything else. Um, and Algier let me down a little bit last week, so you know, fool me once. Uh, Jerome Ford, you liked him, 7,200. I like Jalen Warren for 7,100. Jalen Warren, folks, and, I, and I'll let you talk about uh, Jerome Ford for a minute, but Jalen Warren, 
his his touch total for the last three weeks are 32, 31, and 38. He has been an absolute workhorse all of a sudden. Transfer from Utah State, I think, uh, for Oklahoma State. They get this wonderful Texas defense, 7,100 for 30 touches. That's that's tough for me to say no to. You have the floor for for uh, your thoughts or Jerome Ford. No, I love Jalen Warren this week. Texas ranks uh, 115th in explosive rush rate. They're allowing 5.4 rush yards per attempt. I think that's the way to attack them this week. And I, I think Jalen Warren at 7,100 is a fantastic play. I I I, I love that one. I, I think that's a great call. Um, Jerome Ford, I think, is another good call, right? He's 7,200, and I think he's one of the few running backs that I'm willing to, like, pay for over 7K. I I think they're a good enough defense to target on the ground. You know, they are uh, 65th in defensive EPA per rush attempt. I think Jerome Ford is probably the one who sees the majority of the benefit here because UCF is fairly good against the pass. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw like a, a a defense that gave them lighter boxes and allowed Ford to kind of do his thing and not wanting to get beat by uh, Ritter. So, I, you know, I, I think Ford's a pretty good play this week. The scoring has to come from somewhere, Vegas thinks. I mean, for yeah, the I mean, the, where are those points? Like, I think it's Ford. Yeah, I think it's Ford. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's the number one point total of the slate. It's hard to completely just be so uninterested um, in any of the players for for Cincinnati. Um, Chris Rodriguez, we're not going to play anyone against Georgia. I'm just going to leave it there. Kenneth Walker against Indiana, not that interested. It's kind of like him and Jerome Ford. Like, I don't love that they don't catch a lot of passes, neither one of them. I mean, they're your classic, like, Jerome Ford at least maybe catch one or two. Walker's not going to catch any, I don't think. Um, oh, I like Walker this week. Well, I mean, in college, you can get away with it because some of these guys get like sure. 30 carries and they just run for 200 yards. So it's not as important to have the receptions, I think, in some of these college, you know, workhorse running backs. Um, I don't have a good read on Indiana. I mean, I thought their defense was better. It hasn't performed that good. But, you know, are they going to be up for this game at home? I don't know. Um, I don't love Walker, but I, I love Walker. Any Okay, you love Walker. Talk to us. <laughs> I, I, I can't say I love like he's my favorite player it. on the plate or you whatever. But everyone you heard he said he loves Walker. I do like him. He's managing <laughs> twenty like he still has twenty two point five opportunities per game. And this Indiana rush defense isn't good. I mean, they're much better against the pass. They're like a rush funnel almost. I, they're allowing a twenty one percent explosive rush rate, which means one every five rushes goes over ten yards. We've seen Walker go over 200 yards multiple times this year. I, I just think that this is the Walker game more than it is like a Peyton Thorne, Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor game. Like, I, I just think Walker's the guy. And Minnesota has, or Minnesota, Michigan State has a 28 implied team total. So, I mean, scoring has to come from somewhere. I think it's a, I, I mean, I just think it's a Walker game. I, I don't love him. Like, he's my favorite play on the slate, but I, re, I, like, I do think he's in play under 7K. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right. And then, you know, we're going to just come right out and say it. Isaiah Spiller. How is he not the smash of the slate? He should be 8k. 
what is DraftKings doing? Um, I know he's been a little <laughs> bit uh, lackluster, I guess, in the production standpoint, but it's Missouri. I would play my, you know, my daughter against Missouri if she wanted to suit up because they're that effing bad at defense and specifically at running defense. So, yeah. I mean, what else do you want to say? I, I don't know. 6,600. He's not even close to the most expensive running back on the slate. I, I have nothing to add except they're a bottom three rush defense, probably bottom two, just play anybody against Missouri that you want. I don't, like, I, there's just nothing more to add. Like, Isaiah Spoiler's going to have a great week. I mean, to be fair, I guess he's had under, you know, 20 points pretty frequently. He has not had a double dip in the end zone yet this season. Um, but he does catch four, five, six passes. I mean, the guy's going to give you receptions. I think it could, you're going to see his high and carry total this week. I mean, I would not be shocked at all if he gets to 20. Um, they should control this game. And like you said, I mean, it's just anybody can run on Missouri, anybody. And I just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I guess given his historical performance, that's why they couldn't price him up. I guess. Yeah. I don't know what DraftKings is doing here. That's probably why, but I mean, it's just, he really hasn't been that great. It's just a great value. It's a great value. And maybe, you know, maybe people who aren't listening to why wait till Sunday won't realize how ridiculous of a matchup this is but yeah i'm gonna have just gobs of spiller um i don't want tyler goodson for iowa um nope. whose defense actually been decent um yeah. i don't know let's see we're gonna scroll down here um, i only have one other play that i really like um give me lot. your play and then i've got one i think as well so i i really like for all the reasons that we like Isaiah Spiller, I also like sure. Devin Achain. Sure. Um, he's averaging 12 weighted opportunities per game, and and the, the defense is just so bad that I think you can really do a lot with, with Achain. I think, and I've said this a couple times against Missouri, like Jabari, Jabari Small got hurt in the first series of the game, and he was averaging, I think, 13 yards per carry. So it, it, it didn't work out just because of injury. But... I think at some point this season, the winning tournament lineup in the $50,000 contest is going to have two running backs against Missouri. And I think this could be the week. Isaiah Spiller, mm-hmm. Devin Achain. Achain is only 5100 I think that's a pretty good price for him. I, I think you're getting a nice discount there. So I'm interested in, in Achain as well. So who, who else do you have? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Achain, you could have, you could just go Achain. You could double down with both Texas A&M running backs. No problem there. The nice thing with Achain is he's getting a lot of receptions. I mean, he's getting three, two, six, three in his last four games. I mean, you're going to get at least two, maybe three, four receptions out of him. Uh, on top of everything else, he's very fast. He is kind of a guy that can break away. I love that. And then I think this is potentially a a contrarian play. But looking at your sheet that you give me every week, Tank Bigsby, um, who hasn't been special lately, uh, he was great against Penn State in, an, in a marquee game and then barely played really against Georgia State, had 18. No, he played. He had 18 carries, but it's Georgia State, and that was a weird game. LSU, nine carries. UGA, 10 carries, but it's UGA. So it's been weird for Bigsby. 
But if we get, you know, if you can't find anything that he's nursing an injury or something like that, you know, he gets this Arkansas defense that is really vulnerable on the ground. And uh, Auburn's a great running offense. Fourth in the country, rush yards per attempt. You know Tank Bigsby's got the talent. Um, Arkansas is allowing 4.5 per attempt. That's 95th in the country. I think this could be interesting here at 5,800. It's food for thought. I think it's not something you want to like load up on, but I, I think he could be different and, and would be one of those maybe like goes for 120 and two kind of out of nowhere. And you're just like, why didn't I think of Tank Bigsby? Because he's been crappy, but it's a matchup situation. I think it's worth certainly worth thinking about there. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. I, I also think you could play Dark West Hunter, who is 4,100. This mm. weekend, he's the backup to to Bigsby, and he's been he's been he's more been a one fun. than a, than a two, to be honest. Um, That's right. So I, I think he's interesting as well. But for the same reason, I, I don't think that this is a really imposing Arkansas defense, despite how they shut down, like, Bijan. Um, the last thing I want to throw out before we move on to wide receivers and I know we're, we're uh, running late, so I, I will be quick with this one, is that I think both Florida running backs are in play. Damian Pierce and Malik Davis. I actually prefer Malik Davis because he's at $600 savings, but LSU's rush defense has not been very impressive. They're allowing an explosive rush rate uh, of 24.8%, which is 105th in the country. Defensive EPA per rush attempt of 82nd in the country. I mean, I, I, I like both Florida running backs this week. Malik Davis is cheaper, so I'll probably target him. Yeah, um, I, I don't hate that. Another guy, and we do need to move on to wide receivers, but um, Ramir Johnson for Nebraska has kind of, you know, he's kind of asserted himself as the lead back. We know Minnesota is not that impressive. We like Adrian Martinez. I don't think I would stack them, but if you didn't do Martinez, want to do somebody else, I mean – He's really asserted himself. Uh, his last four or five games here, we're looking at um, 23 touches, 13, 21. Uh, in his last three games, he scored 10, 20, and 32 fantasy points against Michigan and Northwestern the last two games, which are, you know, decent defenses at least. So that's a name to keep in mind. I bet he's not going to be popular at all. Uh, and 5,500, way to be different. Savings at, at running back position there. Um Kind of one of those guys, if you're needing to fill that flex spot and you're in that mid-5,000s range, you know, and you're kind of like, I just need a guy who might pop, I think that's a guy. I wouldn't, like, build your lineup around him, but um, he's inter- I mean, he's just come along and he's catching passes. You like to see that. So wide receivers, I mean, Josh Downs is worth it. Like, he he's yep. he's ridiculous. 40% dominator rating, which if you're not familiar, that is uh, the percentage of touchdowns and receiving yards, I believe, uh, on the offense. So he's basically accounting for almost half of all their production through the air. All of Sam Howell's targets go to Josh Downs. It, I mean, he's just been sensational. We already like the game. We already like the flow. Josh Downs is worth paying 8700 for. Don't even yes. think about the price. It's great. I, it's still 100%, 100% agree. 100% agree. 39 targets in his last three games. That's 13 per game. Folks. <laughs> just don't even, don't even feel guilty. Just 
plug, plug him in. I I, I dare say lock out. button on that. I dare say just lock button Josh Downs. Like, how are you going to want to play a that, lineup without Josh Downs? Am I going to want to? No. Will I? Probably because I want to be different in the GPP. But I'm playing a lot of Josh Downs this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, enough said about Josh Downs. If you want to read Chris's article, I'm sure he's got some fancy stats for you, but it play Josh Downs. Um, Jordan Addison for Pitt is really interesting. Second priced receiver here. I guess it's because the point total is so high, but kind of like Pickett, I'm not that interested. Oh, see, I so I like Addison this week a little bit, but I'm not I'm not playing Pickett. I would rather play Addison as like naked by Addison. And to just assume that like he's the focal point of the pit passing game and he accounts for like a bunch of their receiving yards. It's just six hard receptions to in four straight games. You're yeah, like, it's just hard to fade him. Receptions. This isn't a slate that really lends itself to high like paying up for wide receivers. So he's the other only downs one. Worst. He's the, really the only other one besides downs that I really have much interested in. Interest in over eight K. Like nobody. I mean, nobody else is really interesting in that price range. You have to go down like fifteen hundred to really, really, uh, really find. Yeah, I agree. It gets there. ugly fast. I mean, R.I.P. Keishon Boutte. What a absolute travesty that is. We don't get to watch him for the rest of the season. But then you've got Tay Martin against you uh, against Texas. I mean, I'm not I'm just not that interested in Tay Martin. Jacob Copeland is not a good receiver. I am a Florida Gator. He's not good. Don't play Jacob Copeland um, unless it's like USF. Then play Jacob Copeland. Xavier Worthy, I don't want to play him against Oklahoma State. David Bell, Iowa, don't want to play him against Iowa. I mean, this just, I mean, I don't want, I don't want the Cincinnati passing game. Uh, you got two back to back Cincinnati receivers there. Uh, Georgia's tight end against Kentucky, who offers the, Lowest explosive pass rate on the whole country, and of course the whole slate as well. I mean, it's just like we're halfway down. There's nobody interesting. Uh, of course, we can always rest our hats on Miami UNC. Are you interested in Mike Harley or any of the other Miami receivers? So, I like Mike Harley over Charleston Rambo. I think both are potentially at play because yeah. I want to stack this game. Right, I want to have a lot of. Uh, players in this game. I think this is a potential to go over. I, I, I think this is the game you want to target on the entire slate. Highest total, etc. Harley is 400 more than Charleston Rambo. And so I think that people are going to probably flock to Rambo more because he's been more impressive. So I think Harley's the way to get a little bit different and you want to be a little, at least a little bit different here. He's seeing more targets over the last two contests. He is 13 to Rambo's 10. Um, you like the that. targets are vulnerable through the air. I mean, they're just like not that impressive. Uh, you know, I talked about this when I talked about Tyler Van Dyke a little bit. They're they're just not a good defense in the passing game. I like Harley this week. I like Rambo as well, but I think Harley's the one if you want from a game theory perspective to build that stack around. Um, Keyshawn Smith seems to have basically been like phased out a little bit. Yeah. And then there's Will Mallory, who's the tight end. I had high hopes for Will Mallory. He is very cheap, 3300 Would you do that to be different? I guess hope he falls in the end zone. I mean, he was getting three receptions a game, but even that's not, not what you over, want. So over the last two games, 
He has three targets and he's only running 32 routes. So, yeah. I mean, all right. Probably not. It's basically Rambo or Harley. And I agree with you on the kind of game theory on Harley there. Um, you know, ask yourself when you're looking at these things, ask yourself if your immediate thing is, ooh, Harley or Rambo's cheaper than Harley. I want Rambo. Uh, you should ask yourself if it's so obvious to you, it's going to be so obvious to everyone else. And then, and then sometimes it's still the play, like no matter what, but sometimes it's not. And I think in this case, Harley makes some sense and paying up for Harley. Um, I mean, there is just nobody highlight anybody you want to bring up. Cause like we have to go so far down the list here. I'm just not that interested. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll bring up some guys that I, I like, uh, I like Tyquan Thornton uh, at Baylor. So he's 5,200 currently. I think he's the guy to stack with Gary Bohannon. I don't think you have to stack Bohannon, but if you're going to, he's the one. He has 22 targets over the last three contests. He has 29% target share on the season. He has really emerged as the alpha for the, the Baylor Bears, and I, I think he's going to continue to do it. This BYU defense isn't intimidating. I, I think the big thing with Thornton, and this is something that I've talked about a little bit on the last over the last couple of weeks, is this unrealized fantasy points, which is a combination of air yards, the number of targets that you have, and then the, the yak after the catch. And it, it kind of combines itself into this formula that we've created over at Camps and it, and it it kind of speaks to the potential, especially from a DFS perspective, that players have that we're just not seeing or that we, we they can perform on a week-to-week basis and maybe they catch lightning in a bottle and actually hit it. So Thorin actually has 8.4 unrealized fantasy points per game. So I really like him in this contest if we're stacking him with Bohannon. Another guy I really like is Anaya Smith. He's 4,400. Again, this is this, this is Slate's third highest implied team total. He has 23 targets over his last three games. He hasn't scored a bunch, which is frustrating. But I think he's the guy that you want to target here. And 4,400 is really cheap for him. I, I mean, he has 6.5 unrealized fantasy points per contest as well. Uh, Missouri's weak against the run, but they're still allowing a 23.3% explosive pass rate. So I like Anaya Smith. I think he's the guy to target. I think he's Zach Calzada's definite number one. Um, and the last one I'll bring up is like Ellis used wide receivers. So bargain bin. We're going to yeah. scrape. All the way down near the minimum. Yeah, we there. There are a lot of good values here. So Jack Beck is a little, little bit higher, and he's he's kind of been the feature point behind Keishon Boutte. But Keishon Boutte is missing the rest of the season with a lower leg injury. We don't know exactly what it is, but it is is enough to miss the rest of the year. Unfortunately, we love Keishon Boutte, but we have to find we have to you know move on move from on. a defense perspective and figure out where we're going to find values. So. All these guys are priced under 4000 I think that each has a case to be made. Brian Thomas is second on the team in targets behind Beck. He's running more routes than both Smith and Neighbors. Over his last three games, he has 15 targets and 71 routes run. I think he's my favorite of the targets. I do think there's a case for Deion Smith. He's a $600 savings off of Brian Thomas, so he's $3,100 versus Brian Thomas' 3700 he has 14 targets, so one less than Thomas over the last three games. He just isn't running as many routes as Thomas, so he's not getting on the field as much. The third guy here is Neighbors. He's the cheapest of the three, and he, but he's clearly third in the pecking order as well. 
he's a true like GPP play. Like you only want to really play him in GPPs. I think the other guys have a little bit more potential to get out there, but all three are, are really salary saving options after uh Butte's injury this week. Yeah. Butte is opening up a whole lot of uh, potential there in the LSU offense. And then the other guy, you brought him up to my attention um, kind of the third guy in line at Oklahoma state, but Rashad Owens um, in this game, we've already talked about Texas defense and how they're, they're really leave a lot to be desired. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think he's uh 3,200. So again, you're scraping the very bottom of the salary. If you need something to plug in, cause you're cramming all these high salaries guy, Rashad Owens could be a guy. No, I, I, I like Rashad Owens as well. He is second on the, or he's tied with Tay Martin in terms of routes run. Um, he's second on the team in targets behind Martin and he's 1300 off Brandon Presley. So I, I like him and Texas defense is leaves a lot to be desired. So I, I, he is a guy that I think we texted about yesterday that we both really like, and I forgot I had one more. And so this will be my last one. I promise. Vlad McConkie. Oh, and, God. So Austin and Colin have their, um, I've literally never heard of this guy before this year. Yes. So Austin and Austin and Colin, who are both the campus can have a podcast campus life. And it's fantastic. They it's recorded every week and it's really early in the week. So you can get a kind of a rundown of the games and and what happened and players that are up or down or whatever. And they talked about Lad McConkie this week. And so I dug into him a little bit. But he's operating as the lead dog, wink, wink, for the Georgia offense. 13 targets over his last three games. But Georgia hasn't had to throw a lot. So he's five more than the next closest receiver. Incredibly cheap this week at 3,600. They have defensive success in the Kentucky secondary, but they are allowing 0.17 EPA per pass attempt, which ranks 69th in the nation. Nice. Top target in the offense. 3600 you could do worse than lad mcconkey i am just i'm just saying i mean it it makes sense i just i <laughs> don't know who he is i mean i don't know who he is like i just looked at his 247 profile never heard of this guy he was a three he's like star. outside yeah he, he's outside the top what like 120 115 receivers i mean I guess, that- and you know no one's ever heard of him before this year. Like I just, I live an hour from Athens. I've never heard of this guy and he, but you're right. I mean, he's performing and you know, that offense, I could imagine how they don't care that much about athleticism. They just want you to like, you know, do your assignment and play sound football. So I guess so. I mean, I, I guess so that you can't argue that. Um, all right. We got to get out of here. Um, I think that's it for me. That's that's the slate. Tune in on Saturday morning. I will be back. We we all missed Saturday morning last week. Uh, special thanks to Eric Froton from NBC Edge who filled in for me, Chris, and Will. But we're all back this week. We're going to be on Saturday morning. We're going to be talking about the slate, things that change from this episode till Saturday. Always something changes. We have a eureka moment. We think about somebody else. Um, injury updates. And we'll talk about wagers. We'll talk about prize picks. Anything else? What I miss? No, you're good. I we're just listen. 
that second hour is about money making. So you got to pay attention. And we've been doing it uh, over the past few weeks. You started off a little slow, been much, much better. I'm already one to know on my bets this week, locking in last night's under. So uh, I'm feeling pretty good heading into week seven. And uh, thanks for joining us. We will see you guys Saturday morning uh, for the tailgate. Peace.